What's up, everybody? This is Chris Kane here with the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I got my girl Erica with me today. Erica, what's say up? what's up to the people. Oh, I cut you off too, huh? It's it's all good. They don't even they don't like me that much for real. So they just happy to have somebody other than me talking. Say what's up to the people though. Hey everybody. Hope you guys like what we're gonna talk about today. Well, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a rough one. So <laughs> I hope they enjoy it. So I'm gonna let you set the tone and then I'm gonna piggyback off of what you're saying. Okay, so I decided today doing this podcast with Chris that we were gonna discuss I don't know, I guess a topic of abortion. Originally I thought it should be politics, but because I'm still fairly new into learning what's going on with yeah, politics. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a rough um, one, yeah. I'm tell you so. And with yeah. everything going on with the Supreme Court case and the Kavanaugh and all of that, I decided, you know, why not speak more about abortion since there seems to be a lot of debate on why it should no longer exist um, based on religious reasons, which I totally understand. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'll, I'll say this as a... I don't know. It's not even a disclaimer. This is what I believe to be true. I've said from the get-go that I thought Kavanaugh would be confirmed, and my friends can attest to this, and I didn't think it had anything to do with uh, parties. I think it was just mostly to get somebody in there to to overturn Roe v. v. Wade. That's all I thought the whole time. Once I saw that there's a chance to flip the courts to a 5-4 vote, I said they're going to get the fifth guy in there, immediately try to overturn it, and then we can say now it's illegal to have abortions. Now, there'll be other things that happen as well. Um, I don't think this FBI investigation is going to do anything. I think they're going to come out. They're not even going to release the findings. They're just going to search for a week and then say, hey, we didn't see any more evidence, so cool. Uh, go ahead and push it through. And I think we'll, a year from now, be having this conversation about black market abortions, which is actually a topic maybe we can touch on a little bit later on. But... I think that's an even scarier thought than having abortions that are legal. So we'll, de- we'll delve into it. The reason we decided to broach this topic is because you have some experience in this field and you kind of wanted to share your mentality going into it and then, I guess, all the post-abortion yeah. shit, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So um, I actually had an abortion. I was 15 years old. And obviously engaging in sexual intercourse when really at 15 years old, you shouldn't be. But um, and not saying that, you know, mine was it for any like particular reason. Um, but my dad, when he found out, was like, you know what, you're too young and this is not a road I want you to take in your life. And he's like, you know, I'm going to set it up and you're going to go ahead and have this abortion. And, you know, at 15 years old, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, this boy likes me, you know, um, whatever, like this supposed to be my boyfriend, which later on it was, turns out he wasn't even my boyfriend. We were just, you know, casually hooking up. And um, I'm the oldest of four. So for mm-hmm. me to kind of go through my high school experience and um, kind of set the tone for the rest of my siblings was a big deal for me now than it should have been at that moment in time. Sure, so 15. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. It was just crazy. And then literally when my dad had told me that, I was kind of depressed because I didn't really understand it. Like, I'm a little baby going into finding out I'm having a baby. And my mom at first was, you know, upset at my dad for wanting to have the abortion because it would have been her first grandkid, you know, all of that sure. stuff. Um, but... I remember when the day I was going to the abortion, a friend of mine who passed away, 
was like, do me one favor. He said, if you're going to have this abortion, he said, don't be one of those women who sulk in their decision. He's like, don't sit there. Don't think about it. He's like, don't let this decision of having a future ruin the rest of your life. Mm. Not saying that a baby's going to ruin your life. Not saying that, you know, having the abortion either, because that's losing, I guess, in some aspect is losing a child. But... Um, don't let it affect you. Just like if you were to make any other decision, you know, mm. if you were to get in the car tomorrow, right? Go sure. driving. You have, you know, you can die at any moment in a vehicle with the way people drive. Like, don't let that decision of not getting in that vehicle or getting in that vehicle set the tone for your life. So when he said that to me, it made me think, you know, how how is that possible? Like, how do I let a decision affect me or not? Because I still didn't get it at that time. Of course. But he was yeah. like, don't let it affect you. I had the abortion, if I remember correctly. I was, like, you know, laying in bed. I cried because I was like, oh, my God, I just killed, you know, a life, this and this. And I was just, like, really upset for two whole days. And I just remember laying in bed, didn't want to get up. And then I kept thinking about what he said, like, don't let that decision affect you. I ended up going to school the next day. And since then, the rest of my life has been, you know, amazing. I got to graduate high school. I got to go to college. I got to, you know, meet wonderful people who now today have helped me grow and helped me be able to kind of express myself in a way where I can help others. Because I know there's so many girls out there who have had abortions through because, you know, they may have been raped, um, who probably had like a family member or something, you know, violate them and end up having a baby. And now they're sitting there like, oh, my God, I have to get this abortion. And they don't even know who to talk to. That's the worst part. Like, thankfully, I had parents that I can talk to about it and not have regret or remorse about a decision. I was going to, you followed into my next question. I was going to ask you, now that you know what your life is, would you, does part of you wonder what it would have been like had you not had it? And you had gone through with it. So if you have, what, like an 11-year-old kid now? Yeah. Some of that, like, yeah. is that you wake up some days thinking, wow, I could have, like, an, a preteen and what your life would actually be like? I I think that. that sometimes, like, I mean, there's random days when I think, well, actually, I'm not even going to say that. There's been times when I talk to people about abortion and then I, or I talk to them about pregnancy and then I think about it, I'm like, damn, I could have like an 11 year old kid like my youngest my brother is 16 years old like that kid could have grown up with my brother you know and there's I honestly don't regret it I don't regret it because I feel like if I had a kid that kid would have not been raised to have a great life I would have not have been able to raise that kid to be spectacular not saying that I couldn't have but like a kid raising a kid that's hard it's rough and yes, I might have had my mom and my dad there and other hands touching that kid to help raise it, but I don't think I could have been the best parent at that moment. I feel like now I'm more aware. I know, obviously, the country that we're living in and how things are rolling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now I know how to raise my kid. Now I know how I want to raise my kid. I would have been a single mom with a, you know, deadbeat dad who probably would have never been there for the kid who was selling drugs you he know wasn't and even your boyfriend yeah he wasn't even my boyfriend you know so yeah. i would just been like hey like i'm a single 15 year old by myself i probably would have not went to college i probably would have not even graduated high school and i feel like those are life accomplishment goals that not only did my parents want for me but i wanted for myself and the fact that that one little decision i don't know it's just it's just crazy thinking about it because after watching that, um, what is that, that Netflix documentary about the 
reversing row. It's oh, just I haven't it, seen him. Okay, well you have to watch it. It's really good. It it's plug for Netflix. Yeah, right, cool. Netflix, yeah. you better tune in. Tune this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Give me a cut. No, but seriously, and I think even Longoria made it. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but we can check it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it kind of gives you like backs, like backstory on how it started, what brought it to the court, and then it also talks to you about how religion got involved Mm -hmm. and then how the politicians got involved because of religion and it just seeing the backstory it just it ends up being all political and i see it as why do why does why does anybody care about what one person decides to do with their life like what who cares about if XYZ has an abortion like it's not your life like you don't pay their bills you don't put food on their table you're not checking in on that person every day why does that matter to you yeah I think your your sentiments especially in the climate today I guess when you're 15 is a whole different world yeah 11 years ago we're talking like was it Bush was in office still like I Bush think he still? was right yeah. so like think about what's happened since then right it's a whole different world and obviously it's way before the Me Too stuff and Obviously, before we had the justices to kind of set up the way they are now, so it's it's a whole different world that we're living in currently versus what we had before. The idea of personal control and like I have dominion over myself is something that's definitely coming into the limelight, and it has been for some time. It's been a steady trend towards that. Towards I made my own decisions. You see it. It's even seeping into like general sexuality. Back in the day, it was either you're straight or you're not. Yeah. Now it was then it was like, all right, you can be kind of bi. Now it's I could be straight sometimes, bi sometimes, and it's like because people are getting more and more into their mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. You can call it politics, but it's really identity representation. It's like this is who I am. It's I'm a mixed bag of a lot of stuff, and accept me for all the mixed yeah. bagness of myself. And if you don't like it, that's cool. Live your life. I'm gonna do me. And I don't care if people don't like it or not. That's what, especially in this just millennial, because we're both millennials, right? <laughs> so we're in that age where millennials especially are individuals early. Like, yeah. There's 12-year-olds who are like, this, this, grown. this. Like, they're grown mm-hmm. as hell. Like, they're too grown. They out here, nah, don't let me get emancipated and move out. Yeah. I'm like, I used to pack a bag and then just look at it and then just sleep in my room and cry. Like, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do what? Like, there's the door. Live out in the streets. These kids now will call an Uber and leave their house. Like, ma, I ain't putting over this Uber over to their friend's house, spending that on their couch for two days. Like this, it's a it's a different age. So, it is a it is a good question though. The the, why do people in Congress? Why do nine justices care about what you do with your body? It's something that it's it's really just a matter of what you think should govern the land. You Mm -hmm. think it's God or you think it's the person? If that's kind of if you think it's that simple, then yeah. That's how you kind of choose your sides. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, have, I mean, if we want to go into religion, like, I'm Catholic. That's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. I'm not an active practicing Catholic because I don't agree with, obviously, everything that's come to light in the last, what, 10, 15 years mm-hmm. about the priests yeah. and all the, you know, <laughs> rapes of the boys and stuff. Like, that's yeah. 
to me, that's disgusting, you sure. know? And sorry I mean, to defend. Yeah. yeah, and religion, it's a whole different touchy subject. Like, one person decided to create it, then you create, like, eight different types of different religions, and then it's like, oh, well, we believe in this, we believe in this, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. And, yeah, okay, if you want to get technical about it, you are killing something that is giving life. But at the end of the day, you're like, you're also killing a pig to eat it. You're also, uh, you know, killing baby chickens before they're actually born to eat an egg in the morning. It's the same thing. So, I mean, if you want to get, like, technical, right? But at the end of the day, too, I feel like if... I just feel, too, like it's if you want to get into it, it seems like they want to control what a woman does still also. Sure. You know, like, oh, you have to go through this to get this. I mean, birth control, too, they're barely going to make it illegal, I believe, in California for you to be able to walk up to the pharmacy and be like, hey, I want to get my pills. Before, I had to go through the doctor, get a whole pap smear done, then get a prescription, and then get my birth control, which is ridiculous, you know? And it's like, well, why don't men have to do something like that? And then now they want to slowly introduce all this stuff for men, but it's still not going to happen, you know? Then this conversation piggybacks on how a lot of people feel about Planned Parenthood, right? Like, there's been this movement for probably about, I don't know, eight to ten years, I think, to like somewhat defund Planned Parenthood because it's been seen as masquerading as just like an abortion clinic that occasionally gives out condoms. Like <laughs> It's like, here's a condom, and yeah. if you want to get rid of that, meet me in the back. That's yeah. kind of what the narrative is. I'm a dude, so Planned Parenthood for a guy in terms of its usefulness is not, it's not necessarily built for us. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's, there's education, there's contraception and all that, but for the most part, this is, this is for y'all. And the idea... And this throws me off, too, because obviously I'm a guy, so I'm not speaking from personal experience. But the idea that pretty much a bunch of men are deciding its importance and its, like, usefulness in society seems to be somewhat misguided in and of itself. It's like, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know all of what you can even do at Planned Parenthood. I know I've had exes that have, like, gotten their birth control from there. Yeah. Who've gotten, like, pap smears and guys. They've done done these things through there. So I know... I know from just my own anecdotal evidence that it does other stuff. I also know that some of them do abortions too. So I don't know what level, if it's like 50 50, I don't know if it's 70 30. I don't know what the numbers are. So I can't speak knowledgeably on it, but I do feel like it's an overstatement to just be like, they're just out here murking babies and they don't do anything else. I think that's probably some propaganda, but I haven't done the research, so I can't really speak on it. Have you ever been to Planned Parenthood at all? No. Okay, so I've I've been to... I've been in the parking lot. There you go. <laughs> I've been like, the let car. me take her real quick. Go in and come out. Hey, I'm just watching the game, babe. <laughs> yeah, they just... <laughs> no, so the thing I like about Planned Parenthood is the few times that I've gone. So I go if I don't want to go to my primary physician because, one, like, when you have insurance and then your insurance probably doesn't cover. Like, mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood at the time when I had originally went didn't take United Healthcare, you know? And they're like, oh, we don't cover you, so you can't get this. So you have to pay out of pocket this much. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay you that much, you know? So what I liked about, about Planned Parenthood is that if you don't have insurance, they'll still see you. You know, if you are, I think, eligible for like the Family Plan Act or something like that, um, you basically get a free like go at it. So they will look at your body, check your pap smear, test you for STDs, and then they'll ask you what type of birth control do you want. If the um, like Family Plan thing covers, then you get your free form of birth control. So they'll give you straight up 12 um, months worth. Yeah, 12 months worth of the pill if you want. 
They'll go ahead and administer the um, little one that goes into like, your arm if you want that birth control. Yeah. They'll give you the marina and stuff. So, I mean, it's just easy access to do it instead of wasting your time trying to make an appointment, going to the doctor, see your primary care physician. It's just too much. Where in the moment you need to see somebody ASAP because what if like you end up having chlamydia and gonorrhea and you don't know how, who to both? speak to? Oof. Well, it's I mean, a wild night. Yeah, both, yeah there you go. <laughs> it's like in these streets. Woo! But I should have known. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then they can administer stuff right away. You can get all the treatments there in the same day, which is awesome. And then in terms of, I've seen some men go to Plant Parenthood. I mean, it's, I just feel like the way they have everything set up and they're just, the way they take care of you in the moment is amazing. And yeah, there might be some clinics who do the abortion, but, you know, at the same time too, I feel like it's always the people who end up being there who don't know who to talk to like their parents, who end up being there. If mm. you really want to, you know, put a stop to people having abortions and all that stuff, talk to your kids. See what they're doing, you know? Make sure you're actually talking to them about sex and not just saying, oh, yeah, make sure you wrap up your willy. Like, that's not going <laughs> to... People say, the parents say that nowadays. They're old. Yeah, oh, hey, you're just, seven, you know, wrap that willy yeah. up. Okay, Mom, th- thanks. I'll make sure that happens. But to be honest, too, if you think about it, and I was just talking about this with my friend, um, he was like, because we were talking about te- getting tested, mm. and he was like, you know, now that I think about it, he's like, women really don't ask to put on a condom these days. And I was like, that's actually weird. It's I some like, that don't. Yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's a, And that's a whole another can of worms. I don't even know if we can get into that. Maybe we could. It doesn't I don't, I don't care. We're just moving yeah. to this topic. But yeah, there are, there's a, there's a, there's a contingent of women who are not about that condom life. Um, they just, I guess, want you to I guess, pull out or whatever. And um, I don't trust that. Like, I'm, I'm all about strapping up. If I got to come in with three, like, I'm ready. Like, it's, it's, that's my own mentality, though. But I understand because guys inherently don't like condoms. We don't right, like don't them. We just want to, if we can not do it, we will not do it, generally. Because yeah. it's like, I'll care about my health later. Like, if you yeah. don't think this is, like, some disgusting person, let's like say if I met you mm-hmm. and we've been in the group of friends for a little bit and I kind of vetted you a little bit, I'm like, all right, cool. I don't think she's out here in these streets. Yeah. Now, if you just met, like, a one-night stand, then you're just playing Russian roulette. That's some dangerous shit. Yeah. Right? Or if you're on the beach and it's like, let's get back to my hotel. Like, that's some dangerous stuff. But if it's, I've known you, we've dated, we dated for a little bit, I've kind of gotten to know mm-hmm. you. The idea is, for a lot of guys, especially, I talk to guys all the time, is, I mean... I didn't get any impression that she was about that whole life. So, <laughs> right? So even if she's, like, had experiences, it's not like she's yeah. just out here just four or five guys in a week type thing. So they feel like I'm playing the odds. The odds are my, in my favor yeah. that it's not going to go the wrong way. I don't I, I don't like the odds being anything other than zero. So, and even the condoms is not zero, but it's as low as it can get. Yeah. And so I'll take the lack of sensation and lack of fun for the surety that, all right, cool. I'm I'm more I'm more safe than if I was just out here like hey roll the dice up baby see what we got. So this is a this is a PSA for all the guys out there. If you're talking to a girl and y'all aren't dating, you haven't been going steady for a little bit, and she's like, you don't need that condom, get that out of here. You right. put your pants on and you walk out and you say, hey, get your shit together, all right? <laughs> and you leave and then you don't talk to her for a couple weeks and she's like, I'm sorry, I just thought you ain't no. Yeah. You don't know me for real. What if I was dirty? Right. See, and then that's what people yeah. don't think about. Like, you're right. just like, oh, heat in the moment. Let me hurry up. Let me get it done. But I don't know. I just feel like if 
if parents, especially conservative parents, because people want to be like, oh, I'm conservative. Oh, I'm this. Like, this day and age, who's conservative these days? I get why people want to be conservative, and I get why they want to act a certain way, but... I feel like if you really want to stop certain things, make sure you're talking about it because you're going to have the kid who go and and it, I think it always ends up being the kid with the conservative parents that ends up being like because of the party Joe or something because they at because they've been there's a, there's some psychology that goes behind this too. It's like the repressed thing. Yeah. Like like the preacher's daughter is out here in these streets cuz all uh, this Bible study, this, this, and that, and it's been, you put your kids mm-hmm. with, you put too much shackles on your kids. Yeah. And the minute they can get them shackles off, they just run wild. They haven't mm-hmm. had any, any leash to like explore and yeah. try stuff. Oh, I failed. All right, cool. Let's talk about how you failed or let's talk about the decision you made, yada, yeah. yada. If it's, it's this or nah, and then at some point you start thinking, but what if it's not nah? Mm-hmm. What if it's something else? Mm-hmm. And you never get to explore that. What if it's something else? The minute you get, that's why college freshman year, Tells a lot of stories. That girl doing a cake stand, that dude mm-hmm. that's at the club five nights a week, I'm like, dude, are you just that fond of drinking? No, nah, man, I had 8 a.m., uh, 8 p.m. curfew my whole high school. Now it's 1030. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just like, just, woo, just living. And that's why the freshman 15 happens. That's why people make a lot of mistakes freshman year. A lot of people. Me. You made mistakes freshman year? Well, that was when I was 15, freshman year. But I'm talking freshman year in college. You're talking. Oh, no, I'm talking about, yeah, you yeah, right. Yeah, you got, you I mean, got. You got some cuckoos up there, too, freshman year high school. Freshman year high school is dangerous times. But freshman year in college. It's worse. Usually you're not at home. Even if you, like, stay at home. Yeah. And go to school. There's, there's a lot more freedom. Even though I still, like, I stay home. But if I say, oh, I'm staying at a friend's house to study tonight, you're not going to, like, come at me. What are you going to say? Like, oh, you don't have finals tomorrow. You don't know my work, my school yeah, schedule. So I can, I can get away with more stuff. I can make my classes where I have all my classes on mm-hmm. Tuesday and Thursdays. And the rest of the week, I'm just out here yeah. doing what I want. So there's just more freedom. High school, we know what the hours are. You have school at 7.15. You're home by 3.30. If you're not home at 3.30, what you doing in the streets? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you don't have those shackles, even if you live at home. And, so, and then, God forbid, you move away. Then you just get phone calls. Hey, how was school? Hey, sorry, mom, I gotta call you back. Doing some busy stuff. Bye. That's and then you just go back to living your life. So there is a, I think the, when it's too strong and it's because like, kids, I think like discipline generally. Um, it's weird. Kids want freedom, but they also need some boundaries and discipline. But when that boundary is like this really small confined box, the minute they f- they get that fresh air, they 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 go crazy. It's like a dog who's been in the house all day. Yeah. If you let your dog out. After they've been sitting in the house for 12 hours, they're going to run, roll in the grass, pee on something, poop on something, start finding balls to throw. Like, they won't just go out there and pee and come back in the house. No, they've, they been, they've been cooped up all day. I'm letting loose, baby. Oh, is that grass? Yeah. <laughs> running somebody's pond and just start messing stuff up. It's like, dude, what's, what's going on? 12 hours in the house, man. That is that's so that's very true. That's a good way to kind of put it so people picture it because yeah. I know for me my parents gave me that freedom and I feel like I took obviously I took full advantage of it in high school during my freshman year yeah. and then you know being bullied and talked shit to and obviously like people were like oh that girl you know this and this so the, obviously I was known as a little you know I always said a little hussy yeah the fast you know girl and am. it wasn't even like that a lot of times too people made stuff up so they were just like oh that girl you know she'll do this like. Okay, well, if that's what you're going to say, then, and I had to embrace it. So for me to kind of learn all of that, that year, and then in 10th grade, and I'm getting a boyfriend, and then I stuck with that boyfriend the rest of my high school career. So it's kind of like, 
I'm thankful that my parents let me be free because if I if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be as humbled as I am today. Not saying that as I got older, I didn't party and drink and do all that stuff. But now I was more aware and kind of, I saw like, Hey, I don't want to be that person, you know? And again, like if I, I feel like right now, if I were to sit here and be like, Oh, because I saw two, what was I watching? I was watching something on uh, YouTube. Okay. It's like something where they have like debates. I don't remember the name of the show. All right. It's like mindful something. I actually I have to find out. You're the gonna have to like link it, it or something. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, basically, they put like two different types of people together. So they did one for abortion. They did people who are pro-life, people who are pro-choice. One of the women, she was an older woman. She had to be like in her like late fifties. Yeah, and she said that she had. I think she said she had two or three abortions in her day or something like that. And she. Um, and you can tell that she lingered on it her whole entire life. Damn. She said she had one son. She's so thankful, but that because of her other abortion, abortion, she's depressed every day. And she thinks about it. And I feel like if you let yourself sulk in your depression, you're the reason for your own depression. It's not the abortion. Right. It's not that. Like, you don't know why people do certain things. And I feel like a lot of the times when you hear about the people who are pro-life, you hear that oh, well, Jesus this and Jesus that and the Bible says this and I know what the Bible says. But at the end of the day, too, I'm going to do what's right for me in my life because you and the Bible don't dictate how I'm going to live my life because if I sit there and I follow everything for the Bible, I might drive myself nuts, too. Because if I try and live by a book as well and not interpret and live my own life, how am I really going to know who I am? I think your your position is... There's, there's bravery, and I didn't mention this earlier. I probably should have. But, <laughs> like, your your stance and your perspective is, is brave that you can come forward and talk like this. I know a handful of women who have, and they don't they don't speak on it. It's like something that happened, and maybe they'll maybe in the moment they told me, like, hey, I think I'm going to get this done, uh, me and this guy, or, or he's a deadbeat, or, you know, I think... Maybe I, I, I didn't want to get pregnant, whatever. And then they get it done, and then it's, we don't, we just, it's like that elephant in the room. We don't mm-hmm. talk about it, really. They just kind of go about their business. There's not a lot of people who are front and center who say, this is what I did. I know I'm going to get a certain amount of backlash for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, inherently, people are going to come at you yeah, a little bit. Like, how dare you see you the reason why? And then you know that, but if you can stand, you can stand on it. This is why I did. Obviously, your parents had a big role in this, too. You weren't, like, doing this just on your own. But mm-hmm. you could have maybe fought it or whatever, whatever. You went through with it, and then you've made a life for yourself that's not defined by that moment. And I think, like you said, with this 59-year-old woman, it seems like her life was very largely defined by that. Like, right. Obviously, she had a kid, so she's happy about that. But it was like, what about the life I could have lived? And mm-hmm. if I had two kids, what if that would have been? I could have had three. And, and she's maybe feeling she lost out on something. Yeah. Some some regret there that you can never get back you can't get those kids back right or the potential to have kids because this is also the conversation of just because you don't get an abortion i mean you can't have a miscarriage right like there's not a it's not a pure non-abortion equals life equation but that's the way it's kind of discussed there's many ways to lose a baby right there's tons. so tons and that's even a topic that i never hear there's nuance in this conversation well i mean think about it this way too so And I was just thinking about this, I think, the other night after I watched that documentary. So let's say they took abortions away, right? Right. 
So let's say they took abortion the way a woman's not allowed to have an abortion, right? She has to carry that baby for nine months. Women get attached, obviously, to that baby for nine months. What if that woman who had decided early on, you know what, or let's say she had gotten raped and now she has to carry that baby, she's going to regret that baby for the rest of her life because it was from a rape situation, you know? Now she's going to have to go through life with that baby and look at it, and she's probably going to treat that kid like shit because it is a, from, if she didn't want it, you know what I mean? Now that kid has to grow up with a shitty parent because that kid has resentment in his life. Now that kid's going to grow up, he's going to know what resentment is, he's not going to know what love is, and then go from there. The other thing is, too, if you think about it, what if a woman, you know, had a baby, the dad's not there, what if the baby ends up being a stillborn? She then lost her kid. All because that choice of having an abortion with somebody that didn't happen, now she has a dead baby. And now she has to go the rest of her life and probably think about this, like, oh, shit, I could have had a baby. I had a stillborn. Now I don't have a baby. Miscarriage is a lot harder on a woman because I have a friend who had one. I actually had two friends who had miscarriages. And thankfully, one of them just recently had a baby, you know, and that, like, hurt her. Like, she didn't know how to deal with it. The other one, my friend didn't want a baby. She ended up finding she had one. She got so stressed out from work, she ended up losing her baby. And, you know, it's just, it's different ways of approaching it, but I still think at the end of the day, if you know how to overcome a decision and just go from there and live your life, then just know that you're making the right decision for you. Don't sulk on it. Don't sit there and, you know, wonder 10 different things because you're just going to drive yourself nuts. You know, in the moment you're making that decision, if it's the best one for you, then great, live the rest of your life and live it fruitfully yeah i think this is something i've thought about more recently because up until now we haven't had a possibility of really having the court shift we've pretty much had five four 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 or five four like whole but it hasn't been the majority of republicans i don't think in, in our lifetime yeah, um the idea of when you take something away that used to be legal and you now make it illegal i can only go to prohibition it's the only thing that i have a reference for um, cigarettes have never been really illegal, I don't think. We've, the country is built on tobacco. But prohibition, when they said, okay, we're not selling alcohol, it's illegal, people would still drink. They just had underground parties, and they became this black market for alcohol, mm-hmm. and it became kind of rampant. And there's a lot of money involved in that, and then eventually they made it back to a thing. I'm concerned that if we make abortions illegal, that people will still get abortions. Of course. But now they'll, more, they'll do more risky things, like that drive the Tijuana thing and get an abortion. Or the, do the hanger thing. The hanger thing, the back alley thing. They'll find some chemical cocktail that will, if I drink these, yeah. this won't kill my stomach lining, but will do, like, I'm, I'm concerned about people are going to still want the fix. They still want the option. Even if you made, like, technically heroin's illegal, right? But people still find ways they to get it. it. People still do drugs. It's not like, there's not that many legal hard drugs out there, right? It's like, ah, oh, man, I only do a little bit of coke. Like, coke's not legal. Yeah, but, but people still do it. Just because you made it illegal doesn't mean people, but what people do is they buy Coke that's laced with stuff. And it may be laced with some, like, other psychedelics and stuff. And now I'm smoking something I think is this, and there could be some other stuff. Yeah, and they're still dying from if it. it was like a, if it was a way that I was like, all right, I don't think Coke should be legal. But let's say, for instance, it was. All right, Coke is legal. You can buy it like you buy at Trader Joe's. Yeah. You go to pick up food, pharmacy aisle, aspirin. Oh, Coke pills. You take a couple of Coke pills, and it's like 100% pure Coke without lace with something. Like, I was, I think that would be on some level a safer option, just because you know what you're getting yourself into. I don't know what the abortion things are like in Mexico, but I'm thinking they're probably less safe than they are in, in Los Angeles. 
would and, think so too. And so the idea that because we we're right here, you can drive to Mexico easily yeah. from California, mm-hmm. and from a lot of other states. Like you, you can get to Canada or to Mexico. I think people be crossing borders to try to get this stuff done. And I don't know. I feel like it would possibly create a more unsafe situation going forward. And you can you can now stand on your moral high ground. I say it's illegal. Yeah, we we stopped it, but you didn't actually stop it. You just made it less easily accessible. So people may have to go a state over to do it, or yeah. they learn about the black market to do it, or they take their own. I just, making something illegal doesn't stop the action. It's illegal to drive 90 miles an hour. You can still do it. I do it all and the time. And people do it every day. Yeah. Now some people get tickets, and they're like, oh man, damn, I was speeding. But they knew it was illegal before they did it. Yeah. Just because you, you put a speed limit up as like a, it's not a courtesy, it's what you're supposed to, you should be doing. But how many cities do you go in where people just disregard speed limit? People run red lights. People see a turn, turn to red, and they're four cars back and mm-hmm. say, fuck it, this is illegal, but I'm riding. Mm-hmm. And if I get caught, if I get caught. If I don't, hey, I, I beat the system. Yeah. So I never thought making something illegal was, was necessarily the way to go forward just because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. If it's still accessible, then people will still find a way to get it. And if that's the case, then we might as well make it legal but try to keep it as regulated as possible to at least make it something that may be unsafe in some ways, mm-hmm. as safe as possible. But again, that's why we're here. It's, 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 a, it's not a debate show, but that's like, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of the flow of the conversation where you start talking and then people are going to go a certain yeah. way with it. So Yeah. And I think what trips me out the most is that, you know, I just, to me, it drives, it just, it just drives me nuts that people care so much. You know, I went to, there's an abortion clinic, um, actually on Sepulveda, Sepulveda, and I don't know what the cross street is, but it's in the valley, and, um, you always see the people out there standing, saying, you know, abortion kills, it's wrong, the Bible doesn't say this. I feel like if you have enough time to sit there and protest, or silent protests, whatever right. you're doing. Like, why don't you make an effort to go and, you know, feed the homeless? Why don't you make an effort to make a difference? You sitting there protesting and trying to make it, like, I mean, I get it. They're trying to think that their their voice is going to help change an, a decision like that. But why don't you go and do something else? Right. Go give somebody some food. You know, go give somebody a toothbrush. Go do something else. Do something else that's going to benefit humanity. Because sitting there and... And showing all those signs and saying you're a baby killer, you're this, you're that, like that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's a real life version of being like a internet troll. I think that's that's the best way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah. Because if you watch a video, let's say this video gets posted, and it will be, and someone doesn't <laughs> like it, and they just go into our comments and say this is an abomination, just like Californians, blah blah blah, liberal, blah 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 stuff. Like, all right. So you, you got you got you got that hate out. You got the energy out. Right. Now what? Am I gonna read that comment and be like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta change the way I'm thinking. This comment just revolutionized my life. Am I gonna what sub comment that and then like come at you? I'm gonna, we're gonna do this back and forth internet beef thing, possibly thousands of miles away from each other. Like, what's the what's the next step? I never understood why people comment on videos the way they do, or why they do that kind of level of protesting. Yeah. Why? What do you get from holding that sign up? Like, do you feel like you've changed the world? Do you feel like you're doing God's work? I'm using that term loosely. Do you feel like this is how I feel, and if you don't feel the same way, you're wrong, so I'm going to shove your wrongness in it? I don't, I don't understand mm-hmm. that part. It's almost like 
with this whole like Nike protest, people lighting their own shoes on fire and posting videos. I'm like, this seems to me to be an attention grab more than anything else yeah. because you burning your shoes can't possibly affect anybody else unless you burn it in the area where more stuff is going to burn. It didn't affect Nike. So I just, so when I saw that, it's like, yeah, you lost business. It's like, this seems like you want attention for doing what you do. Yeah. This is to some degree, and I've had this conversation before. I've lived through hurricanes before. And this is the equivalent to me of someone going on the internet and saying, I'm praying for the people of Florida's hurricane, but if y'all had did X, Y, and Z, this would be... Like, if I'm in a hurricane, I'm not on social media. Yeah. Right? I'm in a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I probably don't have power. You're trying to live. And so your comment about what I'm going through, other than, hey, let's raise some money for these people, is really just you wanting attention. Hey, prayers out to Miami. Hands up. It's like, I guess that's good energy on a certain level, but that's really just... That's not helping the Miami people. Right. That's you putting it out there for yourself. And people say, oh, look at Erica. She cares about people in Miami. Right? Mm-hmm. You going to Miami anytime soon to help get trees off of cars and rebuild roofs and try to shovel out water from people's houses? Or are you just going to post that and then two minutes later post a selfie and then keep it moving? Yeah. So it, it, to me, that's kind of what those people are. The... Every life means something. And then they, for eight hours, they're doing that. They're not contributing to society. They're not making any money. And then they go exactly. home and say, yeah. Show, and in my due diligence. I, sh- I showed those whores a thing or two. And I think, That's how it goes. and maybe we have to, like, talk to people like that. I don't know. Maybe we have to go ask them, like, why do you stand on this corner? Why do you come here every Sunday? Why do you try and preach what you're preaching? I want to really genuinely know, why do you do that? So if someone does end up leaving you a comment and they're one of those preachers, why do you do that? Mm. Don't tell me it's because that's what the Bible says. That's a, why do you do it? Why do you decide to go and stand there with your sign and post it up there? Other than you're showing that this is what it is. Why do you do it? You know, that's what I want to know. Why are you doing that? Right. You know, and then at the end of the day, I want, you know, ask yourself, are you living your purpose? Is it your purpose to stand on that corner every day and do that? Is that what makes you happy? Is that going to make you successful at the end of the day? Is that going to, like you said, like, you know, do something to change the world? Like, how are you helping human race? And I'm not saying that you're helping us by putting up that sign and then when that woman goes into that clinic or, you know, when you're sitting there going through that hurricane, that that sign up there, your little comment, is going to help that person because your sign, abortion killer, when that woman comes out and she's emotional probably from, you know, everything that happened because it's hard on her body, Mm. you're just going to sit there and help her go into a deeper depression. You're not helping anybody at all in that sense, you know? You're not helping anyone other than yourself. Like you're, like, like you're, like if... If the idea comes, I'm now trying to think through it. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, like the devil's advocate thing. Well, I got to. I got to try to like, yeah, yeah. find a perspective. If the idea of it is, if I stand out here all day attempting to shame somebody and it succeeds, like someone sees the sign and it hurts them to the point, they're like, oh man, I didn't realize babies had fingernails, right? Because that's right, the thing. Right. And then they don't get the abortion, then they're successful in stopping that one person from getting it. Now, if you go all the way to the clinic, I'm not sure how many people just turn around. Like, if you made that drive and you've made the appointment, if you just like, oh, right, you know what, cancel my appointment, my bad. I didn't, yeah. I mean, I don't know how often that happens. Maybe it's a 5% thing. But if the idea of it is, it's like how teachers say, if I can reach one student, I've done my job, but you got a class full of 30. Right. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. what about another 29 kids who, you know, yeah. who haven't been reached? And it's like, hey, I reached that one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel good. If it's that kind of thinking, 
there is a kind of perverse logic to it, but it also seems to be inefficient, like highly inefficient. Um, and so that's the idea. It's like, well, I don't know these people personally, but if I just wait, maybe I can convince one to stop. And that's why I do it. Then I can kind I can see some, there's some logic in there. I just think it's not the best use of time for sure. And I think it's more self-serving than it is like societal serving, secondly. But that's, only, that's the only scenario I can think of that actually kind of makes any sense. Well, I mean, I like that you keep adding scenarios. They're good because then I can picture it and it's like, okay, well, you know, someone who's not thinking about that is thinking it that way, so it's good. But I, it's, just, it's just a lot that goes into it. And I think since I've kind of been being more open-minded about how other people view things also, so, like, I get why. I get why people might be standing on the corner. I get it. But, I mean, I want to know why you're doing it. Are you following the crowd? Because maybe your mom and dad did that too. Like, sure. you know, so you don't know how to live for yourself. And you're like, well, let me do this. Let me do that. It's just silly. It, again, it's it just goes back to choice. Like, why are you trying to make a decision for other people? Like, are your finances good? You have food on your table. Are your kids doing, you know, great themselves? Like, why do you care about other people? You shouldn't care about anybody other than yourself. But, I mean, I guess it's all politics, so. Uh, silly. I think it's silly. But also, I just, I feel like I just wanted to talk about it, too, because... I feel like there's so many women, and I, I mean, it could be men too, you know, guys go through their things too. Sure. But for women in general, I feel like we try so hard to have a voice and then we just get shut down. And then when we're, you know, on our way to being successful and striving and making a, you know, hit in, I guess, politics, if you say, we just Society, get knocked yeah, down yeah. even more. and. That's not fair. I mean, if we want everybody to be equal, like you said, you know, everybody in the LGBTQ community, they still feel the same way, too. Like, why are you mm-hmm. trying to put all these little, uh, like, blocks on blocks, everything? Yeah. You know, you're just making it worse. You're not letting people express themselves individually. No. You know, if that's my decision, I'm going to do it. If I want to be gay, like you said, if I want to be gay tomorrow... I'm going to live my best life doing it, mm-hmm. you know? If I want to, you know, turn around and be like, hey, you know, I want to have an abortion. Right. Then, hey, you know, I'm going to have an abortion because that's the best thing for me in that moment. I've had this, uh, I, can't call it, I can't call it like an epiphany, but there's, there's an idea that everything is political. And I've had this conversation with my dad before because he's one of these people that <laughs> yeah, something will happen like, oh, man, they, they're doing road construction at 2 in the afternoon. He's like, well, that's because the government doesn't have money for infrastructure. He'll, like, he'll take everything and make <laughs> it like something that is not, as opposed to the idea that workers get paid less during the day. They, they're more expensive at night, so it's easier to charge them to do it during the day. Wow. Right? It's because it's, people get paid more overnight, right? It's, it's a premium to work overnight. But whatever. He'll make it something political. I think it's even more deeply rooted than that because really the party's They've always been diametrically different, right? That's, that's kind of the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't binary in how they think. It's not just yay or nay on most things, right? We, I think we as a culture agree that rape is wrong, right? We can say, right. for the most part, yay. I don't think anyone's like, yay. Even the people who do rape are probably like, no, it's not rape. She wanted it subconsciously, right? For the most part, we're all in agreement on that. But most things aren't black and white. Like, is it okay to steal? No, but what if your family's starving and you need to feed them? 
and you see a banana there and there's no one there. Would you grab that banana for your two-year-old who's been starving all day? And it's like, well, I might because my family comes first. Right. And so now you get into moral and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's become more tribal and less political. So a good example would be I may generally believe, I think, I think people generally believe that they're right and something is good if it's good for me. I think that's how most people govern themselves. Mm -hmm. So most people, I think, want to do what's in their own best interest. If I have a business, I care more about taxes that affect businesses, right? That's just, that goes without saying. If I have cancer, I care way more about cancer research than I do about diabetes research. Right. I have cancer. Right. This is affecting me. So I think people are like that. And because they're so entrenched in how they think that we then start doing confirmation biases and then we start looking for more information to make ourselves right because the idea of being wrong or the idea of changing is scary because if you build yourself on a certain identity or a certain way of thinking and let's say you find out it's like meeting a celebrity that you've, you've idolized mm -hmm. right it's like man if i can meet steve harvey that'd be crazy right because steve harvey's been a comic for a long time been on tv right. king of comedy and you meet him he's a jerk to you and you've maybe wanted to meet him for 20 years. Like, man, he's going to be all laughable and mm -hmm. with his mustache. Like, yo, what's up, baby? He's shaking yeah, yeah. hand. Like, man, you, and you meet him. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? And he walks off. Yeah, you'd be heartbroken. You'd be like, wow. Like, you'd, you'd be devastated. You'd change your whole perspective. But from that day forward, like, the mask is off. Because now you like, people like, oh, Steve Harvey's on TV. Oh, I fucked that dude. Because mm -hmm. last time I, when I met him, he, he shunned me. Right. He treated me like I was a bum. And I waited in line for four hours to shake his hand. He treated me like I was whatever. Now, Steve may have had, he may have been up for 14 hours. He may have had a long day. This is not, I like, I like Steve Harvey. But I'm saying like, this, this is just like an example because mm -hmm. he shoots a show out here. And the idea that I believe my whole, up to that point, that he was this kind of dude. And then I met him and he wasn't. Right. If you believe this is how the country should be run or this is what governments are, this is how this group of people are. And then you have something that changes that perspective you are forced to either double down on what you now know to be faulty or change and not know what that change is going to lead to. And I think people would rather be wrong and righteous than be right. What is that? Ignorance is bliss? But it's not ignorance if you know better. That's a but choice. Still people yeah. the, right. Yeah. Still people are going to choose to be ignorant and not want yeah. to, because like you said, people are scared of change. And I think that's the big issue too, is that the government, I think, since everything is going so rapidly, like literally everything yeah. is moving so rapidly, they still don't even know how to change. Yeah. You know, they don't know how to adapt. And I feel like even though they're trying to adapt, they're still trying to be stuck in old ways that they don't know how to amend them to go into, you know, obviously the newer generation. There's like, there's, there was a thought at one point that the best way to be president is to like ascend up the rankings to be VP and then ascend to president. Right? That was kind of a thinking at one point. And a lot of our presidents were VPs at one point. But now we're in a social age where the idea that Oprah could be president is not outlandish. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's going to run. I don't really care at this moment. But the point of it is that's a new paradigm. Right. But if you still live in the old where you're like, you got to be a governor first, then a senator, then serve two terms, then you're antiquated. Right. And if you try to spit in the face of what the new reality is that you get left it's that dinosaur effect it's like that's why you have old rappers being featured on new rappers music because the idea that 
I gotta be Nas doing a song with Chance the Rapper because he's 20 years younger than mm-hmm. me and his fan base is what the base is now. Mm-hmm. That's how they stay relevant. Right. The old people who's like, I'm just gonna do my old stuff and ride out. Right. Those are the ones who get left behind. Yeah. And there's a recognition now. They end up playing themselves sometimes because they they don't make that music for real. Right. Like if I heard Jay Z and Soldier Boy in a song, I got some questions for Jay Z. Right. Like, hey man, what's happening right now? Is just vision money straight? Yeah. But the idea that the times are changing or that reality is different than what it used to be, I may have to adjust a little bit. I think is that's some level of self-awareness. Now, you may use that information poorly and not do the right thing with it, but there has to be some recognition that that's what the case is. And I think because we're so tribal and we're so... Like, there was a belief, and I'm just going to touch on this and get out of it, that to be a Republican, you had to be all for God. That was kind of what... The, they were super aligned. And that's what Bush was, his dad, mm-hmm. Reagan, got down the line. Mm-hmm. And then Trump came along, and he's not any of what that is. And then the people who base themselves on, all right, if you are a Republican, you have to be this God-fearing, blah, 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 then had a dilemma. It's like, well, I can't vote democratically. I've been a Republican for 50 years. Right. But he's definitely not what I've been accustomed to voting for. So then they had, you have to change the narrative. All right, well, he's better than what she was, so I'll vote on that end. Not because, even though my initial impression was I'm voting because I'm a God-fearing person. Then it was, well, he's better than her. And then it was, well, I think it'd be better for our economy. And so you get further and further from what your, your core was, mm-hmm. which is I'm voting biblically, and they tend to be more Bible-based. And now it's like, well, they're more economic-based, and now it's more they're tough on terror-based. And you got further and further away from your midline. Mm-hmm. But then when you present that issue, then it's like, well, no, no, no. Well, but if you just admit it, I switched. Parties, you know, yeah. Well, not even switched parties. It's like if you said I switched what my core was. Because even that's a level of awareness. If you were like, I know he's not what I normally like. Mm-hmm. And this can be Democratic, too. Like if you're a Democrat and you want people who are X, Y, and Z, and you think, you think Hillary just kind of fell into a couple of positions, whatever. You say, I know she's not what I wanted. I know he's not what I like. But I'm I'm flowing with it. Like this isn't ideal. But there's still more there that I like than what I don't like. If you can make that, then even that's awareness. If you say, no, it is what it used to be and you try to like put a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. See, she's at church. She cares about God and it's like, have you ever seen her at church before the campaign? Well it's like you're trying to do something as opposed to just saying what it is. I like her more than I like him. I think she's more qualified for the position. Mm-hmm. I would like my person to be more God-fearing, but I don't think that's what she is. But I'm pushing that to the side for this moment. Right. Hopefully going forward, someone else emerges. That is what I like, and then I can really be locked up with yeah. him again. And I think that's the idea. If I can't move, I can't be a flip-flopper, I can't change what my position is. And I think that's a dangerous way of thinking, and it leads people to do things that, upon cross-examination, they can't stand on it. Like, I hate people don't be honest with me, and then a yeah. guy, then, then a guy texts you who you don't like, and instead of being like, hey, man, I'm not feeling you, you just ghost him. Yeah. And he texts you for like six more months. You're like, why does he keep texting me? Did, did you tell me I'm not interested? I mean, I didn't respond, but then you say you want people to communicate well with you? But then when you had an opportunity to communicate, you, you just ghosted. It. Why didn't you say, hey, dude, I know we, you like me, yada, yada. I'm not interested. Please stop hitting me up. If not, I'm going to block your number. 
If he keeps saying you up, then he's a jerk. Then it's on him. Now, if he keeps going, he's out, he's out of line. He's wrong. Yeah. Cut him off, block him, yada, yada. But if you just ghost and then say, he should, pick, he should get the picture. Like, that's not communication. Right, because you're not, obviously he doesn't get the picture because you're not being, again, honest with yourself or the person. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, it's, and I've had this conversation with guys and girls. Dudes are like, you know, I know guys who are about that unfaithful life, and they live, they live it. But they even see their girl smile at a dude. They go into a, a rage. And I'm like, I just saw you at the bar yeah. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> she hugged her coworker, and you wanna, now you want to have an argument in the car? See, that's a whole other thing, though. Like, even then, when you talk uh, about, like, communication, yeah. I feel like in a relationship, if somebody, either the man or the woman, can get that heated and jealous, and True. there's obviously something wrong. Yeah. And there's obviously no trust. Again, yep. no communication, and that's not that can't be healthy at all. Yeah, but that's a whole other topic. We don't want to yeah. delve into that. So Mm-mm. we're going to get into our final, not arguments. This sounds like it feels like horror. Final argument. <laughs> um, do you have like a like position you like a like a summation of what we said so far? You want to kind of bring it back home for people? Yeah. So like basically, I just want anyone who's making a decision in regards to having an abortion you know just know don't soak in it you know for the rest of your life if you've made that decision just like if you make the decision to have a sandwich versus you know a salad for lunch or you know if you decide to like you know go hang out at the bar with your friend instead of you know studying for your test don't linger on that decision because you've already made that decision and it's gonna again it's it's the past like why live in the past when you can live in the now and then, you know, set up for your future. That's how I see it. Obviously, you don't want to be like that 44, whatever old that lady was, you know, living in depression. <laughs> she was 59 early. She was 59, 44. <laughs> I don't know. She was. She looked older. She to, to chop 15 sorry. years Sorry. Well, good that she needed that. She needs to go back and live in her younger days. But basically, just don't sulk right. in depression. If you need somebody to talk to, you know, try and be more open about it. I just feel like being free and be able to talk helps a lot especially Mm. for someone who's maybe you know gone through a rape gone through an abortion gone through something traumatic like that make sure that if you don't have anybody to talk to hit up those hotlines have just just somebody listen to you because a lot of times people just need to talk Mm -hmm. and people just want somebody there to have them listen to them and i feel like if you can do that then more power to you but uh, that's just kind of basically in a nutshell i think you're right i think it it comes down because that's, that's a scary time, especially if you're a young woman. If you're 48 and you're doing this, then that's different. I think you, you've lived your life to some degree. You know what you're doing. Yeah. If you're young, like under 21, and you're trying to figure out what – you're still figuring out what your identity is. What kind of woman am I? Um, what's my career? What do I like? What are my morals? And you're trying to figure all that stuff out. The more people you have that you can talk to, confidants, older sisters, parents, aunts, whatever, I think that's a big deal because they can at least help shape it out for you and give you different ways to see it. Because when you're afraid in any respect in life, mm-hmm. then you're not clear-minded. Right. right? You're, you're seeing the problem in front of you and right. you're like, but other people can look past it. Like, I know you think that this is the craziest thing that's going to happen to you at 15. Keep living. Life's going to get a lot more right. whatever. And so, and they can give you that wisdom. This is where older people really come in. Um, 
It's young kids for some reason don't like old people. It's like there's like this war. This is age war. Like anyone over forty five is like back in my day, and young people are like get out of oh, here, man. you old. Yeah. So like, shut up. But there is there is wisdom in older people, and they can give you perspective. There may be an older person in your family who you didn't even realize had this dilemma. Mm-hmm. Like you know your cousin Bethany. Yeah, I was, she was almost out of here. Like I was eighteen and. I didn't want to, but I talked to my mom, and she said, I'll be here to help you through it. And then we kind of worked out a plan where I could still go to school, and then yada, yada, so now you have a cousin. But there's some people who don't have that connection point, and they just think, I'm out here by myself on that Brenda's got a baby, Tupac kind of thing. And I'm going to have this baby in the alley, and now a baby's like on the trash can crying, and I don't want to do that. So try to find some older people you can talk to. Um, wisdom is a, is a beautiful thing. Listen to them and then weigh your options and then whatever you do, live your best life afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there'd be moments where you have to dwell on it, I guess, but don't define yourself by the action. Right. And even if you do dwell on it, you know, think about it for that second and then just in a, and then let it go. Because at the end of the day, it's just a thought. You think ten thousand thoughts a day or more, if that. Yeah. You know, there's ten million things going through your brain. If it's a thought that ends up sticking there, just literally one year out the other. Because you don't, again, why sulk in it? Just like if a person, like, cusses you out all day and you sulk in it, then you're going to have a shitty-ass day the rest of the day. Literally let that person cuss you out and be like, okay, great, you obviously have issues with yourself. I'm going to live my life and have a great rest of my day. That's not how you spell Jake. It's got two K's on it. Be like, Jake, it's, it's shut like, up. Just like, go. It's, like it's people, just a spelling. It's like people at Starbucks, you spell oh their name God, wrong. Oh, my God, so annoying. It's like, is it Jake's like J-H-A-K-E or something? It's like, no, no, it's actually got two H's. like, dude, just... Spell the name. You're Jake, though, right? <laughs> Take your coffee. All right. This has been a very spirited and, I think, important conversation. I hope this podcast gets the traction that it deserves. So we'll post this, like, in a day or two. I'll make sure you're tagged in it. You can let your people know. It'll be available on Apple Podcasts. So, you know, people got the real app. This is some official stuff. Go. This ain't no... Real, real. This ain't some Mickey Mouse operation. Hey. We're doing some real stuff. It's okay. I like Mickey Mouse, too. But it's not a Mickey Mouse operation, though. I know, but Mickey Mouse yeah. operations, sometimes you just got to do it. Listen, just stop it. Okay, we're <laughs> wrapping up right now. Um, Erica, thank you for being here. This is an amazing discussion. I hope someone out there who is going through something like this can take this and maybe glean some wisdoms from it and maybe can inform them in their own decision. If everyone is listening, thank you for listening, as always. Tell your friends, tell your family, repost, uh, subscribe, all that cool stuff. And we'll see you next time. Deuces. Thanks.